Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, June 12th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. An American team sport is less than a month away from reopening. Major League Soccer has a start date of July 8th. It'll begin with a tournament with teams separated into group play and continue with the best teams advancing. Sean Goodwin, who covers Sporting Kansas City for the Star, stops by and talks about soccer's restart and some of the challenges and concerns as the date approaches. After a break, we'll hear from Sporting KC coach and manager Peter Vermees, who met with the media on Thursday. So here we go, talking Sporting Kansas City, MLS, and soccer. Hey, Sean, you doing okay? I'm a good blur, as I was just saying, off air. It's been a little bit sick, but I mean, professionally, sports in KC is back. It's been a busy week, so can't complain. Yeah, that'll at least pick up the spirits a little bit with uh, Sporting KC and the MLS back mm-hmm. in in action. The first, if correct me if I'm wrong, the first North American team sport to retur- scheduled to return to play right now, right? We don't... Um, uh, NBA, NHL, baseball mm-hmm. haven't started yet. We know exactly when the MLS is going to kick off, and that is, Ju- is Ju- July 8th, I believe, is the date, right? Yeah, July 8th will be the uh, first American major league sport back at least. And uh, Don Garber said earlier this week they were disappointed. They wanted it to be back you know, in about two weeks' time, so late June. So I <laughs> disappointed it yeah. coming back as late <laughs> as it is. Yeah, let's. Well, look, I'm just. We'll all be happy to see uh, team sports return. Let's let's talk about the format. It's it's going to take the. Um, uh, it's a tournament. Uh, what, what are they calling it? Back back to the MLS or MLS is back tournaments. Yeah, there we go. MLS is back tournament. I, I won't give them many points for creativity, but you must see what sports is coming back. Right. And we've seen that the uh, there was a draw for group play. It's going to start with group play. Um, with, uh, with with t- looks like there was uh, a purpose to this. Some some local uh, rivalry type of uh, groups emerged here. Yeah. Who who is sporting? What, what's what's sporting's group? Yeah, so it, it was supposed to be a random draw, quote unquote, but. Uh, in sports and scoop, you got Real Salt Lake. Obviously, that rivalry goes back to the MLS Cup at the, the earliest, I guess, 2013. And you've had several running since. Uh, Colorado Rapids, obviously, you've got the um, regional. And then Minnesota United, the, the friendly rivalry. So, I mean, you, for sporting, you've really got three you know, pretty good rivalry games in a quote-unquote random draw. Yeah, look, I was looking at the groups, and I also noticed that you know the two LA teams are are in the same group. the The, the whole tournament's going to start with Orlando and Miami playing each other on the first night, and the the two Canadian uh, teams, Tor- two of the Canadian teams, Toronto and Montreal, in the same group. So I think there was a little bit of a um, you know method to the madness of putting these uh, together. And look, the, all the games are going to be televised and. Mm-hmm. And ESPN and the fan network uh, there, they, they want, um, or the television partners want good, compelling games. And uh, by rivalries are uh, rivalries are that. Um, what we what we do know too is all these games are going to take place in Orlando at uh, at the Disney World complex, and and they're they're going to be played without fans. And mm-hmm. what 
you you have followed the sport for a long time. You've you've coached it. You've um, you know you've you have observed it. What, what do you think the 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 lack of uh, fans, an empty stadium, is going to? How is that going to affect play, or will it affect play? In this specific instance with the Orlando tournament, I don't think it will affect play that much. Uh, I mean, when you've looked at Germany, where they're actually playing, you know home games and road games, uh, you have seen an effect in that the home team isn't winning across you know, across the whole board. The home team isn't winning as much as you'd expect typically. So I think once we get back to regular season play where teams actually playing in their own stadiums, we'll see something. But as it comes to the Orlando tournament, I mean, yeah, you know, players aren't going to be able to feed off energy. Maybe you'll see you won't see such a huge momentum shift here and there as fans get behind the team. But at the end of the day, apart from, I guess, Orlando and somewhat Miami, every single team is on the road, unfamiliar settings. So I, I don't think you'll see that big of a difference um, between the two teams. Okay, and let's go back to the format for a second. After the group play, the the top two teams in each group will advance to a knockout stage, plus the two best third place teams. All best. In okay, yep. yep. And, uh, and and anybody who's had a kid play youth soccer and go to tournaments, you kind of understand, you know what this format's about, right? And you can, I guess the 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 finalists will have played seven games, and um, the, the the knockout game or the the pool play at the beginning are games that will count in the league standing. The league. Started and and everybody had two games under their belts when the season was suspended. So mm-hmm. the um, it, it, so it, am I right there that the um, for the standings only the group play will count. Anything after the group play doesn't count toward the standing. Yeah, anything after group play um, doesn't count towards standings. Uh, one thing that does carry over is a disciplinary disciplinary action. So you know yellows and red cards they will kind of carry through the whole tournament. Uh, but yeah, basically all three group stage games, which is a really interesting dynamic because, you know, you said either for youth soccer or even it, it, it's basically a World Cup format in that oftentimes if a team has guaranteed qualification after two games, you know, they'll kind of take the third game off, they'll rest up a little bit. You're not going to see that here because at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's a group stage game, but it still counts for points in the league. So... You're not going to see a dull game through this whole tournament, I don't think. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Um, the other thing you won't see in this tournament or for the rest of the year for Sporting Kansas City is uh, Philippe Gutierrez mm-hmm. um, with the out with the with the knee injury for the rest of the year. And who is going to um, who's going to get his minutes and playing time? You know, I mean, this was going to be, I'm, I'm not going to say a breakout season for Buzio, we know what he can do um, but I mean I talked to Peter Vermees before the whole quarantine started and he was looking to get Buzio more minutes this season anyway now yeah. that um, Felipe is out, he is the next option to slide right in there and when you've got a guy of you know, his energy and uh, you know, just how capable he is of hitting Buzio's age, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a huge year for him personally. And I know after talking to him, he's ready as well. He wants to get into the, 
double digit goaling assists combined and yeah he'll he'll be the main contender to step in I think okay and you'll hear Peter Vermees after you and I finished uh, and we take a break and Peter says um you know he's about to get some real minutes and I like the way he put that and we know what he's talking about there so mm-hmm. hey um as we wrap this up Sean I, I, the you know the thought on everybody's mind as as we approach the, the tournament here is is health mm-hmm. and COVID nineteen concerns. Um, you know the, the the country and the world actually is loosening up restrictions and uh, and we're seeing a little bit of a slide back in terms of the numbers of of afflicted people. Um, what 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 are what is Sporting Kansas City and the MLS saying about safety as um, as we approach the tournament and and testing? What are we going to see about what are we going to see with testing with these teams? Mm-hmm. So um, this is from Don Garber. He said, of course, all of the all of the fans and the fans, all of the players and the staff will be tested and you know go make sure they're all kept healthy. Uh, they won't really interact with anyone else in or around the World Rise of Sports facility. Uh, he also says that uh, MLS will be providing test kicks to in and around the Orlando area. Is kind of a, you know, I, I guess a thank you, so to speak. But what yeah. did interest me is that uh, Don Garber said, as for the actual employees of Disney and ESPN, even like the bus drivers and hotel staff, uh, MLS won't be directly supplying test kits to them because at the end of the day, you know, they're not, they're not MLS staff, really. So I'm sure right. they will be tested. But, you know, he's saying interesting comments like the bus driver wouldn't be tested, at least under MLS. He's like, ah, oh, well, you know, the players won't come close enough to the bus driver anyway. And I'm kind of like, well, they have to walk, they have to walk yeah. back and get onto a bus. So, yeah. And I, I don't know if their stance on that will change. Um, but I got to seem a little bit sketchy, in my opinion. You know, we'll just uh, – I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. I mean, it's mm-hmm. – um, they're, they're, they're the first one back in the pool, um, mm-hmm. MLS. And baseball and football and uh, hockey and basketball will all be watching – uh, how it works for for Major League Soccer. Okay, we are going to hear from uh, Peter Vermees after we take a break. Uh, Sean Goodwin, thanks for spending some time with us, and we'll catch up again soon. For sure. Thank you, Blair. Appreciate it. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey, Peter. Uh, just quick thoughts on the teams that you're drawn against and what kind of what, what the challenges that they'll present uh, to you in your first game back. Um, I, I think the challenges are the same for all the teams. We haven't played 
in a long time. So uh, just the fact that we won't, you know, be in top form yet um, and probably have not played a ton of games prior to that, um, that's going to probably be the biggest difficulty, I think, in regards to um, the group itself and all the groups. It really wouldn't have mattered who we got, in my opinion. Um, and I say that because we're going to have to play everybody anyway at some point coming out of this as well. So however we start, and if you want to get to the final, you're going to have to play all the teams anyway. So, uh, it, it, you know, it, I actually think the groups wound up being pretty good because there are some good rivalries in a lot of them. It'll probably be good for television. How much of these, uh, these games in this tournament, are you, are you going to be able to tinker with teams um, a little bit, tinker with players that you put in? You know, there's a fixture congestion. I assume there's going to be more opportunities for guys like Usain, even Cam Duke, we've never seen with the, with the first team yet. Are those opportunities there for your team like this in tournament? How do you approach it? Yeah, I, I think I think you go into this stuff with these, you know, the best laid plans. But my experience tells me you always need to uh, realize that you play your first game and then you'll do inventory after that game and you'll find out where everybody is. You'll find out, you know, what your result was and all of those things will have an impact on your next game. And so as much as I like to think that I can choreograph everything, unfortunately, I can't. So it's more being able to be really adaptable and, fle and flexible based on those, those uh, uh, situations that are going to occur. And then when we get there, we'll just have to be really good on our feet. And last one for me, is there, is there a feeling of relief seeing opponents with penciled in games uh, on the schedule in front of you and something to prepare for the first time in a few months? For sure. I mean, first off, just getting back to play is, is, you know, fantastic. Uh, having a date, it's the way that we work in our business. Everything is centered around, you know, dates and times and when our next opponent is and where we're traveling to. And so you're always kind of reverse engineering from that. And now having a date, uh, a team to play, all that is, is going to help immensely in, uh, you know, what, what we're trying to get prepared for. I think, you know, athletes are almost always goal oriented. So them now having something to shoot for is going to, uh, make it that much different just in training and how we prepare going forward. Thanks. Hey, Peter, this is Annie Peterson with the Associated Press. Um, kind of along the same lines as Daniel's uh, question, does being able to use five substitutes um, help clear the way for some of the younger players to get some minutes? And also, do, does the having five substitutes kind of um, alleviate um, concerns about um, stress on the players? And also, how does it change your kind of strategy as a coach? So um, I'll go backwards. The five subs, uh, I think, is very important. Um, you know, it's it's more important for, I think, us than even what uh, the, the European League starting back up. And the reason being is because Orlando, um, the temperature, the the – is, is going to be different for the majority of the teams. I, I think I was counting, I can't remember, it was like six or seven teams that when you take, you know, the two Miami, you take Atlanta, that's three. You take uh, uh, the two Dallas teams, that's five. I mean, maybe you could throw Nashville in there as well. When you start looking at those teams, they, they are playing in this, you know, quite often, right? And so they're going to they're gonna be acclimated pretty much from the start. 
everyone else is going to be playing catch up. Um, we're starting to get, you know, a lot hotter here in Kansas City, um, but we're not there yet. So I think that's the five subs is going to help immensely, number one. Uh, I also think that when you look at it from a strategy perspective, um, and, and I know this from when we do um, a lot of exhibition games in preseason, is that, you know, when you, when you put your starting 11 out on the field uh, and now you make one sub, uh, sometimes it can have a, it can, it can tilt the scale one way or the other. Um, and then when you put two in, same thing, three. But when you change five guys, it can have a, I mean, it could take the team from being in sync to just completely out of sync. And I believe that will be uh, something that will have to be really calculated and measured um, as a staff when we make it, when we make those decisions. But some of them may just be forced upon us because they're just made guys physically just may not be able to, uh, to function. And, and what was the first part of that question? And then does, does oh, the young guys, the young, young guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I do think so. Um, I think, you know, I don't know if it's even young guys. I think, I think you're just going to have to use your, uh, in some respects, you're going to have to at times, uh, be prepared to use the full complement of your roster. Um, and, and especially again, depending on how your games are coming, because you may have a game at eight o'clock at night and then the next game might be at 9 a.m. You know, so again, those time uh, differences are going to be a big change, too. And we'll have to we'll have to function and, and make solutions for that. And I think, again, having the full complement of your roster is the great thing is that we'll have access to it. Now it's just a matter of keeping the guys healthy. Um, the um, Florida is reporting that, you know, the COVID-19 cases are steadily rising um and yesterday um atlantic goalkeeper brad kuzan talked about how he's a little bit concerned that some of the the, the testing protocol doesn't include hotel staff um, as much as he'd like to see it are you concerned about health and safety in any way i know that you guys helped you know devise the return to practice protocol and it was very thorough um but are there any concerns you have for going into the tournament i don't um i i first off we're testing already three times a week we're testing monday wednesday friday and we've been doing it now i mean we've done the serology test we've done all that stuff um we're going to be doing something very similar when we go down there um there's a testing protocol even around the games that's a little different um so i i feel really comfortable with that aspect um, I, I'm a big believer that as much as you, you know, look, you can, you can try and prepare for all these different things. I also think it's, it's, it's unrealistic to think that you are going to be 100% safe. I think it's even difficult to do that when you're home quarantined, because at some point, either somebody's delivering something to you, you're, you're going to, you're going somewhere to get something. Um, so is it, is a hundred percent safe? No, I don't think so. But, um, I also believe that it'll be a good, safe environment. Um, I think they'll try and take all the precautions necessary. And I also think that we're going to be in a different place in a month. And then the, the only last thing I would say is, and look, I'm not a doctor, but I also know that all over the country we're testing more. So when you see numbers go up, it doesn't necessarily mean anything sometimes more than, hey, they're just testing more in that uh, city or in that state. And then obviously you're going to have more positive cases if they're testing more people. It's just part of what goes on. So I'm not so worried. Um, I, I'm really excited 
to see what it looks like a month from now when we start playing games because I just think things will be different than we were talking about today. Okay, and one final one for me. How weird is it going to be to play without fans? Yeah, that w- that'll be strange. But, you know, as, as a player in the early years of this league and national team, and we didn't have a lot of fans. So I'll be able to handle it fine <laughs> as a coach. Uh, maybe some of the players, it might be a little more difficult. Um, the only other thing I would say is, look, when we play in preseason, we play scrimmage games, we don't play with fans. The guys are just going to have to find a way to be internally motivated. Um, one, two is myself as the coach. I'm going to have to find ways to externally motivate them as well. Um, and, and let's face it, let's be really honest. Without fans, the game's going to be different. The ambiance is different. Um, that's why, you know, again, the optimist in me says when all this is over, meaning the, we come out of the tournament, um, my excitement on that is that I believe we'll be in a different place at that point as well. And I'm hoping that we're going to have fans in our stadium. What, what number that is, I don't know. Is it 30%? Is it 50%? Is it 100%? I don't know. But I feel the sooner we get back to being in front of our fans, it's going to uh, – obviously we're getting close to being back to our, our – hopefully our better lives and more importantly uh, um, to the environment we want to be in instead of our fans. Thank you. Hi, right, Coach. Uh, Nick Rosano from MLSsoccer.com. Um, just a quick one on some on-the-field stuff. Obviously, a tough, uh, some tough news earlier this week about Felipe Gutierrez and his timeline. But um, I'm just curious how much it softens the blow to have uh, a guy like Gadi Kinda who's come in and really kind of given a good account of himself in himself in Felipe's place. And also, you know, does this open up uh, maybe some more minutes for a guy like Gianluca Buzio? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. So um, Felipe is a really good player. Um, I'd love to have him available as well because I think we have a lot of depth in our midfield if he's available. Um, but to your point, um, Gotti has done well. I have all the confidence in the world in, in John Luca. He's, uh, he's come a long way in a short period of time and is at the place where, you know, he deserves real minutes. Um, and he's fighting for that every day. He's got a great mentality, great attitude. So I would say to you that, yeah, it's tough with Felipe. Never want a player to be injured and, and for as, you know, out for as long as he's going to be. But uh, we do have some other solutions there and the guys that I have a lot of confidence in. And, and it, will, it will provide opportunity for, for John Luca. And, and not because of the injury, but more because he deserves it because he's, he's really playing that well. Thanks. Thank you. Any final questions from the group? Sean, feel free to unmute yourself and you can ask your question. Thank you. Peter, that, that's not true. I was at some of your games at the national team, the Yellow New Britain, so it wasn't that bad. Um, I got you. Anyway, during the broadcast by MLS of the draw, Jimmy Conrad just kept saying, go SKC. So is Conrad Dino still on the payroll? He's not on the payroll, but, I'm a, but the way I feel is that he's still a SKC guy, right? So... Yeah, he's a great supporter of you. So, yeah. Um, the real question now is, I I have, I have the draw here. I see that you're with, of course, three other teams. None of them have a full season with their teams yet. You're not only one of the most, if not the most tenured of coaches in the league, but compared to them, you absolutely dwarf them. How big of an advantage is that? The longest one is Frazier, and he had, came in, what, in the fall of last year? Yeah, I don't – I mean – I guess you could say it's an advantage. I don't know. I, I say sometimes that when new coaches come in, um, one of the things they get is they, they, they sometimes get a good 
bump in the enthusiasm because the players are so excited to prove themselves to the new coach or they feel like maybe the reins were uh, loosened up now that the new coach has come in. So there's, there's little situations like that that, that always take place. I, I really think what the, 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 the big thing for me is, is the opportunity to get back on the field first and foremost. And, and I think that we're all going to be fighting not only for results, but also just trying to get back into some good form. Um, that's been the difficulty, right? Because if you're not playing enough games, and, and as I said this before, um, when you're playing individual and you're doing individual workouts and you're doing small group training where we were doing, you know, fours and fives, you're not competing against each other. You lose, you lose um, sort of that ability to anticipate, react to the movement of another, another person that you're going against. Um, you, you, you're, you're not fighting somebody. Your timing's off. And it's really going to be about us getting back up to form as quick as possible. What I think will be interesting is the second and third game, because I think what you'll see is teams will probably be much better in that second and third game than they are in the first. And so what's going to happen is, is that they're almost going to, depending on how their first result was, they were like, man, if we could have just started out the way we played in our second or third game, we would have gotten through the group. And, and I think that's going to be the key to this is how fast you get up and playing. Uh, you know, I'm not going to say close to form, but, as close as possible. Now, I would say based on how this is going, yes, the, the first few games count for points. It's always good to win. It's always good to get the biggest piece of the $1.1 million in prize money. I would think the biggest carrot on the stick, however, is the CCL. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it's very interesting that that is a part of, you know, the, uh, the, you know, the winner's uh, purse, if you will. So, yeah, I mean, I think everybody always wants to try and play in, in, in Champions League. Somebody wants to crack that code that we currently have, right? We haven't won it yet. Um, and so everybody wants to, to be the first. So that's a, I think it's a big carrot. It's a, it says a lot about what this tournament is. It's not just, you know, a few games. It truly is an opportunity to, to win something that's uh, of, of substance. So it's going to be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays itself out. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Peter, just one more uh, quick question for me. Um, are there any uh, players that are not going to play from Sporting Kansas City because of health concerns? In regards, you mean, well, I, 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 let me just make sure I clarify this. So so Gutierrez would be out because of the season-ending injury. Right. Every, every other player um, will be available. Uh, we're still working on getting Winston Reed back into the country but every other player will be available. All right, thank you. On our roster, yes. That'll do it for today and this week. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Savannah Smith, Randy Mason, Beth Welsh, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Tip of the cap to Sean Goodwin for joining me today. Links to stories about sporting Kansas City and soccer can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Hey, earlier in the episode, you heard me talk about the Sports Pass offer, and it still stands. It's a good one, 30 bucks for a year's worth of sports coverage, and that includes Sports Extra that comes with the E-Edition. There's an additional 25 pages of national sports coverage today. Here's an even better offer. Buy the entire Kansas City Star product, sports news features, commentary and analysis, the whole enchilada. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus extra news, sports, and business coverage written by some of the best journalists in the country. The details can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account 
www.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back Monday with a new episode.